0: welcome to the nasty things podcast i'm your host extreme joaquin this is episode 17 and today we're getting nasty inside of better luck tomorrow how's it going man welcome back it turns out nasty audiences he was able to find his uh hearing aid the hip surgery went good and well welcome back professor ed
1: oh man thank you for having me uh yeah the hip surgery went really well um i got my uh all my vitamins and everything ready to go
0: so vitamin d vitamin d
1: yeah oh yeah yeah and and my hips feeling good uh Man, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm actually not that old, but, uh, yeah, you know, you know. I
0: mean, you struggle getting up the stairs, so that that on its own says everything.
1: I don't know. I think who's going who's going more bald right now? Yeah, so uh, gotta take it off. So well, hey, it is what no, it is, no, man. No, you gotta start sacrificing <laughs> the hair, dude. It's it's over.
0: Yeah, no, Professor Ed's got like a really. I got a receding hairline, unfortunately. Yeah, but I'm nowhere it's near that.
1: Runs in. Uh, it seems to run in our family, maybe. In
0: some way, it seems like the nasty. Yeah. So some of the nasty family members here uh, seem to have uh yeah issues with the
1: hair man yeah we lack we lack that part. we're good everywhere else though exactly. I'm yeah. big where it counts yeah
0: and um, yeah,
1: so uh it's been a minute man. it has uh, busy work, busy with family, all that kind of stuff, but' I'm, I've been looking forward to coming back. Um, obviously you already kind of covered. Uh, talked about last week what we're gonna be talking about today. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I do like that we're finally getting to it into reviewing better luck tomorrow because hey I briefly yep. dropped it last time. which right? is As a movie that I recommended people to watch.
0: Exactly, so. which is wild is it's something that it's funny. So that episode
1: ended. And then this was the uh, nasty things goes eighties, right? Episode two. Yes, it was. It
0: it actually episode three. Three, right? Because um, episode one featured Hillbilly Ed, and Mm -hmm. then episode two was the introduction to Robbie Gents. That's right. So right at episode three, which is wild. This is episode seventeen. Yep. So we're talking. You've been on a journey. Yeah, it's been quite a journey, and um, in that specific episode, we we did discuss it and. I remember coming right away being like something we got to possibly do for yeah. the future. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You dropped that question at the end of the episode. You just said, hey, is there a movie that you'd recommend? Exactly. That most people maybe haven't heard of, haven't seen. And I just thought of Better Luck Tomorrow uh, right away. So I- I'm glad. I'm glad we're doing it. Like we're going to dive deep into this movie. Um, and uh, I think that hopefully people that listen to it are going to discover, uh, you know, a movie to watch, because it's, it's it's one of those movies that I think should be more, have more notoriety, it should be out there a little more, um, you know, and, and hopefully our review of it uh, doesn't turn you away from the movie, because I don't, maybe a, a spoiler for a little bit later, but I don't think it's a bad movie, so. Yeah,
0: exactly, and um, just for everyone can have a sort of a rough idea regarding everything, is... Unlike Professor Ed, I saw this. No, I saw this recently. I saw this actually oh. exactly a few days ago.
1: For the first time, right?
0: Yes, sir. For the first time.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I think before we dive into better luck tomorrow, let's just kind of cover off some of the uh, kind of the bigger, bigger news pieces of the week. Um, so, there was that uh, convention that just happened, uh, Cinemacon, I think it was called. Is that what it is? C- yeah, C- Cinemacon, C- I think. Um, C- Cinemacon? Cinemacon, yeah, yeah. And it's a convention that just happened um, in Vegas. And uh, they've just been, all the studios appeared, they were there showing off their latest stuff, all the latest trailers, whatever. And uh, I kind of want to just talk about some of the bigger things that came out of it. Um, before we get to the biggest one, in my opinion, the biggest reveal. We'll talk about the trailer for uh, Transformers. Uh, what's the name of that movie? Rise of the Beasts, right?
0: Yeah, I believe it's Rise of the Beast. Um, and I will say this right is um, the, the first movie because I kind of consider this in my opinion sort of a re- the reboot of the, the more current uh, Transformers is this movie? S- well, no, no. Well, that's what I, w- I was going to get at right now. Yeah. So I felt like Bumblebee was sort of the beginning of it. Yeah. And to anyone that hasn't seen Bumblebee, I actually do suggest that. I know the other movies with Shia LaBeouf, then Mark Wahlberg, they weren't the greatest.
1: Yeah. It's, I think most people turned away from Bumblebee just for the pure fact that you had five pretty bad movies before that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean,
0: even... Maybe l- the first one. The first one was okay. Because yeah. when you actually go back and rewatch... It's it, fun. It's a fun it's movie. It's fun. Yeah. But that's about it Mm -hmm. i would say it's just fun Mm -hmm. is um yeah so i will say yeah definitely see bumblebee this one what would you think about it the previous
1: uh, i guess it would be called a teaser trailer yeah that came out where they kind of just hint so the the previous teaser trailer that came out a few months ago got me more excited than the trailer that came out yesterday now, so the teaser that came out a few months ago, I was kind of like, oh man, they're bringing in Beast Wars, the you know, Optimus, Primal, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then once you saw this trailer and you saw more of them, I'm kind of out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this looks like Michael Bay Transformers all over again. It, to me, it looks shitty.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. So when I saw the second trailer, just my... You know, my outside perspective out of it, yeah, is I love the first one a lot more, for sure. Mm-hmm. The second one just felt more like, cool, it looks fun. That's about it. Um, as a Beast Wars fan is a few things that I noticed right away and yeah. I got kind of turned off right away is it doesn't look like Optimus Primal switches forms. He's just he's just a gorilla the whole time. OK,
1: OK. I didn't catch on to that, but yeah yeah
0: if you notice him and all the beasties, I guess you can say,
1: yeah, they don't ever switch into their like transformer form
0: exactly, yeah, so essentially the whole time they're just they're just the animals, which takes away from the whole beasties i thing I gotta around.
1: assume in a movie called Transformers, I think it's a safe assumption that we'll see them transform
0: I hope so because I mean it kind of looked like they showed us a bit of the final battle, yeah. I
1: mean, that's true, and they were in their beast That's what I'm form. saying. Yeah.
0: That's what I mean. So right, true. So right away, I was, that's what I caught on, and I'm like, fuck, I, like, are they going to switch at all? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, just, so I, you're still in? You're still like, okay, maybe I'll watch this? I'm, I'm in, out. I'm out. I'm into the point Unless, like, reviews are good, I'm out.
0: I'm into the point... Yeah, one is it depends on reviews, right? Because mm-hmm. there's two ways that you can kind of say you're in. There's a theater way. And then there's it's coming out in on digital copy in the next few or, few weeks or so yeah it depend. it really does come down to the reviews, but yeah, for the most part, I think it looks fun, but it doesn't look like a movie that'll go to the theaters. For.
1: it doesn't look like bumblebee it doesn't it really doesn't no I, I don't know who this new director is. I, I haven't looked into it my like dug deep into it. a failure on my part as a professor but it just doesn't, I don't know. I, I'm kind of done. And I don't know if you've been reading um, online chatter for this one, like early from early um, screeners and whatever. Apparently, rumors, nothing confirmed, this movie's a mess. Uh, so, you
0: know, that's the one thing that I can't understand about uh, Transformers in general, is it's a pretty straightforward product. Yeah. They're <laughs> you, fucking, you would think. They're fucking robots that are cars or they're, or they're fucking animals to switch into robots. I mean, it's, that's cool on its own. I mean, I don't understand why they can't figure it out. It, well, they figured it out with a Bumblebee, sorry, and sort of the first Transformers. Yeah. But even the first Transformers, it had a lot of, a lot of flaws.
1: It did. Yeah, so this one is directed by Stephen Caple Jr., uh, who had previously done Creed II. Oh, yeah, so you went from Creed 2 to this Transformers, and what a step down.
0: Holy and you know what's <laughs> it's funny you say that, is right when you uh, mentioned Creed 2, I remember actually hearing that, hearing something along those lines that, that it was the Creed 2 director. So that, that brought a little bit of excitement. But yeah, I will agree with the professor. The second trailer was a little underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have to wait for reviews to decide whether I'm going to go to the theaters or I'm going to watch it in digital copy. Or I might not see it at all. If they say it's a fucking massive turd fire like some of the other yeah, movies,
1: yeah. then... It might be time to just step away from the Transformers. Which
0: is very unfortunate because I yeah. think it's it's not a fucking hard product to get right, in yeah. my opinion.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, let's let's hit the, the main event of trailers. Um, and let, let's talk about it. This fucking
0: trailer I'm excited about. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So... The big, big trailer that dropped this weekend was um, The Flash. DCEU's The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, um, directed by, uh, is it Steven Muschietti? Um Yes, I believe so. I believe so. Uh, Man, come on. Like, it, it, if, if you, if you, you, I don't care how much you're hating on Ezra Miller as The Flash. You see that trailer, and you think the trailer looks... Sh- like If you think it sucks... You're just hating because ab- it ab- doesn't.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? Now my take on it is the trailer fucking
1: owns Andy Muschietti. Sorry. Andy Muschietti.
0: Yeah. And, and I believe that he, uh, he did, uh, it chapter one and two, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, just to start the trailer out, man, I mean, to all the old heads, like professor, it Edward, starts
1: with Batman, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like a so, voiceover. Yeah. 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 So
0: yeah. to all the old heads, they grew up on the Keaton movies. As you know from uh, the episode back, in the 80s episode, mm-hmm. is we both grew up on Michael Keaton. Is the voiceover was sw- sick. The fucking opening
1: line, you
0: want to get nuts.
1: Let's get nuts. Yeah. It's just
0: fucking wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I remember, like, Professor Ed sent it to me, and then it, I, I saw it maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes later. hmm And right away, I was like, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, and I will gladly attest to this. I was sold on the first trailer. Me too. Me too. I'm sold even more now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, man, it's like, I'm still not 100% in love with the way that Ezra Miller plays Flash. And even in the trailer, I'm kind of like, okay, he's this, uh, he's playing him more like Peter Parker. You know, like, that's not really Flash.
0: Which, to me, that's not Barry Allen. That's more Wally West. Wally
1: West. Um, But aside from that, like, it does look like the movie's going to have some pretty emotional beats. Like, they're they're, looking in the trailer, like, the you know, with the loss of his mom, trying to get his mom back. There looks like Ezra's going to have some pretty emotional parts to play, which is good. Yeah. Um, It looks like a crazy action movie that's going to have heart. And and, uh, seeing Keaton back, come on. You know, with the Batwing... And, and the, the cave looking like it's a 1989's cave. Um, you know who, who is not getting enough uh, talk is the girl who's playing Supergirl. Yeah. Um, Sasha Cayley, I think her name is. She's looking badass. She is looking Man, badass. Man, like I'm impressed with what they're doing with Supergirl here.
0: Yeah. No, um, fuck What can I say is um, it nailed every aspect that, again, I didn't think... I, it would uh, it would uh, it would hit me like this, right? Because mm-hmm. um, just just the opening shot, just Michael Keaton talking in the background, losing his parents. Yeah, I lost my parents, and this is who I became. You yeah, know? and it was.
1: And now you have the opportunity to change, change. that for you. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Just just a just a super cool little.
1: Rom- hey, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, seeing Affleck back. Even for a little bit, it was kind of like, oh, all right, you know, good old Ben Affleck, right?
0: That's, that's exactly how I felt. I was just about to get into that right yeah. now. Is That whole shot in the beginning was just, it was great. And um, yeah, the voiceover by Keaton. Then the, just the fucking mad action. Um, like you were saying, Supergirl looks, looks badass. Mm-hmm. And of course,
1: Zod. Oh, don't get me started, dude. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I'm a Man well, of Steel
1: fan. Right? Yeah. I love Man of Steel. I still love it. I don't, you know, the less said about what happened after Man of Steel in the DCEU, the better. Um, but I still go back to that movie and seeing Zod back one more time. And it's like, we're going to redo the battle of, of Metropolis. But this time, you know, Barry's messed with the timeline and now he's got to fix it. And Zod's back. And it's not Superman, it's Supergirl. Batman fighting Zod. With yeah. the with the with the with the bat uh what is it called? Batwing. Batwing. That was dope. And uh man, Michael Shannon giving it another go is odd. Always and, a good thing.
0: And I would actually say that uh Brandon Shannon for the most part is like underappreciated. But Mike, not, Michael Shannon, Michael sorry. Yeah. Um is underappreciated but also appreciated. I don't know, he's like because like I've seen him in a lot of things. And I'm, I can never really say that he has been bad at anything.
1: You know what it is, I think? He's a good actor. And every time he's in something, I th- I like I always think he's going to do a good performance. It's he, he doesn't do much high-profile stuff. Yeah. That's what it is. Because Cause cause he was great in uh, Wacko. I don't yeah. know if you ever saw that series. No, no. But I heard. I heard.
0: Is And he played the complete opposite of what he usually is, right? Typically, mm. he's a sort of grumpy, pissy, or villain in some kind. Yeah. Like, in Eight Mile, he was the guy beating on Eminem's wife. You know, I mean, sorry, I mean, wife, mom in the movie. Um, he typically plays those kind of parts, or you know, Zod. Yeah. But he brought a lot of intensity to Zod, like uh, in Man of Steel. St- oh, Zod.
1: he's still he's DCEU's best villain.
0: Uh, I would easily say yeah, that. Yeah, easily. Like it's it's to the point. Ah, where...
1: Here's another one: Revolutionary Road. Um, I remember him from that movie. That's the the a reunion movie with uh, DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Oh, that's right, and, that's right. And he plays like their neighbor in it. And it's it's a sad movie. Um, but he does really good work in there.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. So that's what I mean, right? For the most part, he hasn't really missed as far no. as things that I've seen him in. man. Yeah, Even if he's in a bad movie, he's not the worst part about the movie. Dude,
1: even Cameo and Groundhog Day. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> like when I saw that movie, when I was uh, seven years old, or yep. whatever I was, uh, and, he, probably, and, he, probably. and he cameoed. Yeah. I remember turning to my mom and said, that's going to be a famous movie star one day. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I called it. Wow. Yeah, I knew it right then, and I was like, that that guy that said that line of WrestleMania, he's going to be big.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it was because uh, of your, your love and passion of seeing grown men in tights uh, try to get I on. I
1: probably th- loved it just because he was talking about wrestling. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. So yeah. I would probably yeah. thought, like, yeah, this is a man.
0: Yeah, yeah, right away you're yeah. – Um, or somehow maybe he had a premonition. I think the term is yeah. Or and uh, you saw something great. Unfortunately, you weren't completely correct though because he's still just a guy. Like, oh, he's in the movie.
1: Cool. Yeah, but he's always good. True, but you still
0: go. He's not quite on the levels of. Holy
1: fuck, Leonardo DiCaprio's in this. Not quite. No one's on the level of holy fuck, Leonardo DiCaprio's in this.
0: Um. No one. Tom Hardy.
1: Oh come on, come on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's levels to this game.
0: Yeah, Robert Downey No, no, not even. No. RDJ it's only what Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh fuck, what would come close. Anyway, going back to the going back to the trailer itself mm. is yeah, the beats were great, the emotion like you can see that there's going to be a lot of emotion. Yeah. Also, we didn't get many Ezra Miller one-liners, which is dope, even though You're I, saving it for the movie. Fuck. I, I, yeah. I think uh it's going to be one of those movies where, you know, I don't hate to say it because I personally I don't I don't like Ezra Miller like as an actor, or even for that matter uh, as, as a person, person either. He just sucks. Yeah.
1: Is sucks like uh, Jonathan like, Majors. Jonathan
0: Majors, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. shitty person, <laughs> shitty person. Great actor though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's not get <laughs> let's not get into that. Let's not get into Jonathan Majors, yeah. but
1: allegedly, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. We don't so, know as of now. Yeah, he still Anyways, is. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, you know what's a, and this is getting nitpicky, but what's a bit of a shame with The Flash is that it it actually looks good, and it's honestly for me the first time I'm excited about a DCEU movie since Wonder Woman, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, 1983
0: or the the more current the, Wonder The, the Woman. first one. Okay.
1: Yeah, I. I, I not, nothing else has got me excited, right? Not, the, not Batman vs. Superman before it turned out to be shit? No, 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 but that was before. I was excited for Batman vs. Superman. Okay, okay so I got one Wonder Woman came around I was excited to watch it but nothing since then I, I don't care I've been so done with the DCU franchise this finally like man I want to watch this in theaters like this looks dope and it just it's a shame because it looks like it, it, you know how the 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 narrative um narrative narrative uh you know when you're trying to tell a story it's always a good plot device to go full circle Right. Yeah. yeah. Going full circle. You go back to the beginning to do your end. Right. Yeah. This going back to the beginning of where Man of Steel started and we're going back to that moment. What a fitting end for the DCEU. Like if this was the end, it'd be perfect. Right. And they finally do like a good movie. They go back to the Battle of Metropolis and Flash changes history. But it's a shame that we still have Aquaman 2 and Blue Beetle after this. Like this should be the end. So you know what I mean? like this should be where this franchise ends as you know as, as, D, as shitty as the DCEU has been, this kind of looks like their end game. yeah, right, and it's like ah, that's where you should have stopped.
0: Yeah, you know what? I will actually agree with that is it's unfortunate. Um, the only thing out of that that I did sort of um, the only thing out of that that I sort of did think I thought that Blue Beetle was possibly part of the more the, the dcu possibly
1: i mean it all depends on the success man if it doesn't do well then we'll never hear about it again if it does then they'll roll it in
0: okay you fair know what enough i mean it's
1: one of those things
0: fair enough um yeah no i agree there um
1: yeah. it's a shame it's not the the, the end of the franchise
0: it really it really is because i mean i'm not excited about aquaman no nope. no nope. i excited. mean Let's put it this way: Who the fuck is a villain in it anyway? Like that's a little. I know the about first it.
1: Aquaman, for those who have seen it, which was a lot of you, you had like ten Aquaman storylines in that one movie. That movie was Aquaman times ten. Like it was a lot of Aquaman.
0: Exactly, and you yeah. you had Black Mantis, and you had uh, what was that motherfucker's name?
1: Uh, his, his uh, his brother or whatever. But like, you had octopuses playing the drums. You had him going to a dinosaur land. You had him searching for the lost Trident. One of those stories could have been one movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Just, I just think that they kind of... They kinda, did everything Aquaman.
0: They just kind of shot themselves in the foot
1: because yeah. like... Now I don't care.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Is, yeah, like I, there's no interest. I like Jason Momoa, the actor. I think he's a lot of fun and I yeah. like him on a lot of stuff. But there's no... <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, there's no excitement for it whatsoever. Yeah, I Black
1: Manta's the villain again. And I'm just like, but he beat him like he, exactly who cares and yeah. there's
0: and realistically i mean the only thing keeping them together is that what he killed his
1: kind of dad kind of
0: killed his dad he let him die yeah and that's it yeah, yeah. when and your then, dad
1: and your and you and your dad were already pirates like come on
0: yeah and then on top of that uh, collateral
1: damage bro like yeah yeah like it's exact- not aquaman's fault Anyways. yeah
0: anyway moving on from well, aquaman
1: yeah so a- any last words on the flash trailer um uh,
0: so the the only thing that I like to say is that yeah it sparked my interest. Nice seeing Affleck. Supergirl looks dope. Ezra, you still suck. Um,
1: the suit looks dope. Yeah,
0: the suit does look dope. I will say that. Um, <laughs> uh, last thing I'd like to say is uh, you want to get nuts.
1: Let's get. Let's nuts. get nuts. Um, the last words for me is uh, I like the 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 Supergirl suit.
0: Oh I no, think that's it looks good. Really
1: cool. It's a nice callback to Henry Cavill's suit. Um, nice seeing Keaton all over again, big time. I love you know. I still love to this day his his logo of the Batman. That's just nitpicky stuff. Um, seeing Zod back, Flash. I think this is, this movie looks like it's shaping up to be the whole package, man. It looks really good. Um, can't wait to see it.
0: And realistically, could have been the end. It isn't, but it is the end. Of the trailer talks,
1: yeah. Now, now let's, uh yeah, you let's, do thing. let's dig in deep. We're gonna S- dig into better luck tomorrow.
0: And to me, it's fucking exciting because um, I've been meaning to do some sort of movie review breakdown, etc. And uh, what what a way to start it, right? Because this is a movie I haven't seen up until yesterday. So great movie, have seen it. Perfect. And. Yeah, just to start it all out, is the director was actually Justin Lin.
1: Yeah, I'd like to talk about why... So, uh, why... Like, I even bothered watching this movie, why we chose this movie. So, me and Joaquin and, and some of the Nasty Thing crew, we, um, we're Fast and Furious, guys. We love that franchise. Outside
0: you know, outside of Hot Takes, Alvarez.
1: Outside of Hot Takes, Alvarez. We will... Yes, Hot Takes hates it. Proud of it. He's proud that he hates it, right? Um, but uh, we love the Fast and Furious. I admittedly not a fan of the last couple i'm I, i'm getting dangerously close to being done with the franchise to be to be fair the I'm last getting dangerously close
0: the last couple yeah. have been very eight
1: bad. eight and nine all right there yeah but um so the director of uh of tokyo drift uh fast and furious four fast five uh fast six and fast eight justin lynn um, he directed a movie back in two thousand and two called uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. It's a small, uh, independent film.
0: Very independent. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's tiny. It was uh, financed by like MTV. It was one of their first uh, pictures that they financed. For I'll tell you right now, the box office. You want to take a guess at what the box or not the box office? The budget for this movie.
0: I because I actually did do the research. Okay, I will give you a correct answer. Okay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars
1: two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in 2002 that is nothing to make a movie this is blair witch money exactly you know what i mean this is evil dead money and it doesn't even feel blair witchy no 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 this is a totally different so it, it, it's a tiny independent movie um the only reason you know i discovered it was because uh so justin lynn after this movie he did a, he did a, some more work he eventually ended up doing tokyo drift And, um, you know, the rest is history. He went on to do a bunch of the Fast and Furious movies. He did uh, Star Trek Beyond uh, recently. Really? He was the director of the third Star Trek.
0: I actually had no idea
1: he did it. (laughs) Yeah. So after he did uh, Fast and Furious 6, he left the franchise for a little while. And he did Star Trek in between before returning for F9, right? So, um, and hey, uh, to those of you who have seen it, pretty good. Go check it out. Star Trek Beyond. I really liked it. Um, Underrated, I would say. But anyway, so back to this one, he so this was his first kind of big project um, that he did. Um, And this kind of gave him like, you know, he, he did this movie and then it gave him the keys to Universal Studios where they were like, all right, so, you know, let's bring you on board. Let's give you a bigger budget and see what you can do with it.
0: So, so, okay, so this was, um, so in other words, this was his first movie.
1: He did a very tiny movie called Shopping for Fangs previously, okay. but this was the one that got uh, more publicly released. They, they had a little bit of a marketing budget, uh-huh. right? And then because of this, he went on to do, um, so this was done in 2002. Oh yeah, and he went on to do Annapolis um, in 2006 with James Franco. Yeah, I actually do remember that Tyrese. movie. Yeah. I remember that movie, like a like a like a army cadet movie.
0: Yep, uh, I remember the uh, the criticism was that it was promoting being being going to the army. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, so it had I had some criticism.
1: Yeah, and then right after that, he you know this is his big breakout, but he went on to do Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, right?
0: Which uh, movie I don't like.
1: Yeah, and this is where. Uh, Extreme Okina is wrong, right? Because Tokyo Drift is one of the best of the franchise.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, is. We'll, we'll it is. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it just because yeah. I haven't seen it since what? It came out in 2005, I think.
1: 2006, yeah.
0: So, oh, not bad. Extreme Okina is not bad. At, uh, the, the year is actually a year off. Not bad. Not bad. I'll take that as a W. He's, so,
1: go ahead. He made Tokyo Drift, and uh, when he got the the job for Tokyo Drift, um, he went back. And looked at Better Luck Tomorrow. And there's a character that he introduced in that movie named Han. Han Lui. Who? Han Lin. Is the same Han that we have in the Fast and Furious movies. And he's like, you know what? I loved working with the actor, Sun Kang. I'm bringing him into Tokyo yeah. Drift.
0: And, it, and it's funny because later on, there is a mention that I'd, I'd like to bring up that okay. I saw in the movie. Yeah. But uh, when we get into the deep review, I'll, I'll mention it.
1: Perfect. But yes, continue. Yeah, so he, he did Tokyo Drift. He brought a character from Better Luck Tomorrow with him. Um, he, the director and the actor have confirmed he's playing the exact same character. Um, they even touch about it a little bit in the Fast and Furious movies. Uh, you know, if you watch it, he has like a smoking problem and that kind of thing. That's
0: exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, it was briefly mentioned in, uh, I believe it was Fast Five. Five and it was it was just uh yeah so snacking was because he was an avid smoker
1: yeah he's getting over his smoking addiction um which in in better luck tomorrow like he's smoking in every scene he's in right so uh anyways i decided i was such a hardcore fan of fast and furious that i'm like what han comes from this like movie called better luck tomorrow right so i obviously had to go back and watch it and i did this quite a few years ago maybe five my five years ago was the first time i had seen the movie yeah um and i told the rest of the guys i was like yo the, did you know that there's like the secret kind of unofficial prequel to han's story and you know nobody knows about it and I've, I've been begging for joaquin and the rest of the nasty things guys to watch it because it's like it's actually a you know it's not a fast and furious movie right
0: but it is connected to it is fast connected
1: right like it's it's unofficially connected If you want to look at it as an unofficial prequel you can um if you want to look at it as not associated to the fast movies at all if you're not a fan you definitely can this movie was never made with the intention of being a prequel um he just took a character and an actor he loved working with and brought him in so that's why i ended up watching it that and so that's my history with the movie i remember when it came out in 2002 um it was like i remember seeing maybe bits commercials here when i was like kind of checking out much music or mtv they would play a commercial and it looked like you know maybe this sounds a little harsh but it looked like american pie but with, yes like, uh, like with like asian kids and that's and, exactly and so i was like oh this isn't really for me like it doesn't look as funny and so i i skipped it like if you watch the trailer it looks like an american pie ripoff it really does yeah but boy is it the opposite yeah we'll get into it but it, it's definitely not um, so that's my history with the movie. That's why I ended up watching it, and that's why I've recommended it to people. Um, I just discovered it through finding out about Han being in it, and uh don't regret it. So w- what's your history with with this movie? So
0: funny enough about this movie is, again, as um, the professor over here mentioned, is that we all are avid outside of Hot Takes hours. I'm looking at you. Get your shit together. You got to get on that. Yeah. Is um, yeah, so I was aware about this movie because of The Professor. But as far as any commercials... Or, you don't
1: remember trailers, nothing? Nothing right? at yeah, all.
0: Yeah. Nothing at all. So, but when I did find out that Fast sort of had this, like, mysterious movie, just, like, you know, I thought it was kind of cool. And a, movie, and a movie that most people haven't seen. I guarantee, like, based on uh, the box office... Most people haven't seen this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean...
1: I you will can, say we'll this. We'll talk about it now if you want. So, the, like like uh, uh, Extreme Joaquin said, the budget was uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Opening weekend three hundred sixty thousand, so it couldn't even crack a million, and then total box office that we have for this movie is three point eight mil.
0: Exactly. So that's what I was going to get at right now. So yeah. it was. So it made. So it, it was a success.
1: Yeah, it, it, it definitely you know made back its budget big time. Was it a monster hit?
0: No, no. But I don't think it was expected to be no. a monster hit in no. that sense. But, um, yeah, so my, honestly, it was just from word of mouth. Uh, the professor has been talking about it for years. And it's a movie that, realistically, I've been looking to watch it. But, you know, so much shit, so many movies come out all the time. And there's so many other movies that I still have to see. But uh, for, for uh, you know, a first-time watcher, yeah, you know, it was fun doing this. What can okay. I say?
1: No regrets that you did it? Um... We'll get into that in
0: a second, but okay, uh, okay, but uh yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get into it, man,
1: all right, so um I'll just give a little bit of background on this movie, so again, it was uh made in two thousand two um it released at the Sundance Film Festival in two thousand two where it garnered quite a bit of praise um I think it still sits at about eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes after quite a few reviews, like it's um,
0: uh yeah, I believe it's at eighty one
1: okay eighty one percent um. It, did, it took a while for the movie to actually release in theaters, um, and theatrically it didn't come out till April 11th, 2003. If you want to compare it to the Fast movies, so this movie came out um, af, you know, two years after the first Fast and Furious, which came out in 2001, and uh, a few months before Too Fast, Too Furious, which came out later this in the summer of 2003. Yeah. So right in between those films there. Um, we already talked about the budget here. Um, It's directed by Justin Lin, who, you know, has gone on to fame and fortune after that. And um, it was um, loosely, and we won't dive deep into this because I don't want to make a bummer out of the podcast, but it was loosely based on the murder of a student, uh, Stuart Tay, a teenager from Orange County, California, uh, by four uh, other students in December 31st, 1992. So that, Justin Lin kind of took that, um, decided to make a story about what it's like to be a young Asian-American teen in, uh, you know, modern-day USA, dealing with the pressures that they feel with, deal with academically, um, and, uh, you know, it kind of give us a glimpse of that world, obviously with, you know, more heightened reality and fantasy a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, But, uh, so... Initially, Justin Lin wrote this movie. Um, This was kind of, he was seeing it as his opportunity to kind of make a name for himself. You know, he wasn't given much of a budget. um, So he, fun fact, called, he had connections with uh, MC Hammer, of all people. What? MC Hammer. (laughs) Yeah, the rapper.
0: That's so fucking random. I didn't know this.
1: Yes. And so he called him out of desperation um, because MC Hammer had actually read the script and he liked it. Okay, so okay. two hours later, after calling MC Hammer, uh, MC Hammer wired him the money to make this uh, m- movie. Wow. So it's we have Justin Lin and the savior of the Fast and Furious franchise because of MC Hammer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. and, that, and that's fucking wild because um, realistically, is, it really was Justin Lin that saved the whole property. because It was, yeah. I mean, Tokyo Drift to me. Again, maybe I got to go back and rewatch it, but it just felt like that movie was the beginning of it becoming sort of American Pie boot camp, American Pie, blah, blah, blah. All those shitty American Pie movies that aren't really, they're connected to the grand scheme of things. But I thought that that's where the Fast franchise was sort of heading. With um, But then Justin Lin somehow, even though he was the director of that one, turned it around, right? So without MC Hammer, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have Fast Five
1: hmm. Pretty much. So yeah. Empty Hammer, thank you so much. Uh, thank Empty you for Hammer. giving us that. No, he doesn't have that. Um, so yeah, so Justin Lin got to work um, taking the, uh, you know, the production muscle from MTV, the money that was wired to him from from MC Hammer, and uh, he started making this movie. Um, he was initially going to think about making it all digital at the time, which was fairly new.
0: Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean by
1: all digital? So, right nowadays, we use digital cameras, right? No. Nothing is filmed on film nowadays. No. Almost nothing.
0: Unless you're Quentin Tarantino.
1: Yes. But uh, he got a call from Fujifilm and Kodak, and they actually gave him a deal to work making in 35mm. that's why it has this look and feel that. Very rough. Very rough. And, you know, I love it, right? I I love that kind of look. I don't love the. The, the sheen kind of that modern movies tend to have.
0: Yeah, unless, unless you're like directors like uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, there's a lot of like more, I guess, di- like directors that are more. If you can the afford RC it. <laughs> exactly. Basically, yeah. if you're a high end director.
1: You could still try to film on film. Um, so Justin Lin got to work and um, he even with the money that was wired to him by MC Hammer, it still wasn't enough. To film this movie
0: which um how much was that if do you do you have any it, idea there's no
1: there's no specifics on how much mc hammer got, got him but it was enough to get going and uh but in the end he still needed to in order to fund this project he needed to issue out 10 credit cards and basically his life savings
0: so it sounds sort of like a, an ask uh, kevin smith story a lot like that except uh, kevin smith didn't have mc hammer
1: Yes, and so this was, as, as um, Justin Lin has said in interviews, he said, potentially could have been the last film I ever made. Um, but he was so focused on making it because it was about issues, he says, that were important to him growing up as an Asian American um, you know, in the USA. So he was so dead set on making this that even if he went broke, he said he'd still be happy that he got it done, right? Um, what else can I talk about here? So
0: yeah, so in, so in other words, um, which again, when we dive into the film, is I did see a lot of those influences in in that in that regard. I thought it was great, man. I mean, and um, it it, uh, it it's as low of a budget as it is. It doesn't look as low as I I thought it is. It just kind of felt like one of those more older movies, mm. even though it was released in like two thousand and two. So. Holy fuck, actually. It's been <laughs> it's been a long time I when keep, you really keep, stop and think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute, man, for sure.
1: Um MC Hammer gave him ten thousand dollars.
0: So ten thousand dollars. And he had
1: to make up the rest, which is two hundred and fifty total. So
0: two so uh out of ten so ten thousand dollars and then he had to pull two hundred and forty thousand to make this movie.
1: Yeah. How he did it, who knows?
0: Yeah, we don't we don't ask questions around these parts, all right?
1: Yeah so eventually he got this work done um he could could have gone to tommy wiseau maybe probably yeah um you know and ended up getting reviewed uh generally really well um uh let's see roger ebert he actually gave it a full four-star rating he said it was disturbing and skillfully told parapable about growing up in today's america um And what Justin Lin reveals about himself as a skilled and sure director. So Roger Ebert, one of the best critic reviews of all time, had this to say about the
0: movie. Yeah, a guy, I I do respect a lot of his reviews. Um, He's pretty blunt. He's pretty honest. So that's pretty
1: high regard. It is. And at the time of the screen, at the time of release, so this was released fairly limited. It wasn't a big theatrical release. It earned the highest per screen average of any film at that time. So it did break records. Um... Much of the film's success was attributed to a campaign by young Asian American viewers, uh, mostly college students, who wanted to promote the film on school campuses, online, that uh, kind of thing.
0: Which, which it does kind of make sense. It does sort of feel collegey, but y- later on, it gets it t- it changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it became a success. Like it became an independent success. There's a reason that Universal Studios trusted him with Annapolis and, and Tokyo Drift, right? um so this in the end this was a, a beautiful story for justin lynn
0: but uh tokyo drift could have possibly also took him back a little bit if, in what uh, sense well if it didn't have that special little cameo i think a
1: lot of people wouldn't have tuned in N- not that many people tuned in it's not that big of a movie really yeah yeah
0: First time I'm learning this, all right. Yeah,
1: it was just uh, through word of mouth. Once it got released on DVD, that Tokyo Drift became a success. Okay, so it
0: was more of a success story by uh, copies bought after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And also probably hearing the Vin Diesel cameos in it. So right away, they are like, For yeah, sure, that's it.
1: Yeah. So, but this movie itself, though, you know, it, it uh, jump-started Justin Lin's career. Um, and uh, I think now is time to... Um, let's talk about some of the actors in the movie. Let's talk about the cast and the crew, okay? Yep. All right, so we've already talked about Justin Lin quite a bit, um, and we'll kind of cover briefly some of the other stars that are in the movie. So um, Perry Shen, he plays Barry, Ben Mannybag. He's, I would say, the lead of the story. Yeah, definitely. You definitely follow him throughout the film and his journey, his adventure of, of what happens in his uh, high school life. Um, what do you think of uh, Ben in this movie, of, of Perry Shen? And Manny Bag, without getting into spoilers yet,
0: um, you know what I thought? I thought he did very well in the beginning. He was very likable. What can I say? And um, yeah, I thought he was good. And after I finished the movie, I was curious, like, where this guy has gone since. If I'm going to be honest, because I'm like, you know what? He wasn't. He wasn't a bad actor.
1: Like, yeah, and yeah, he, he's a. You're right. Like, I've always been curious about, like, okay, where has he, what has he done? You know, and it's like he's been busy, but not much like nothing really yeah yeah like nothing you look at his imdb list and it's stuff that i most of it i've never heard of you know um so yeah he's you know busy actor not doing anything of too big of note but so
0: you would probably say that he might be in the um asian american side of things uh the brian campbell sorry the um bruce campbell
1: possibly yeah like it says here that he did nci a couple episodes of mcis he was on mad tv back in the day um you know he's been busy doing voice work it sounds like it, but it tends to be sort of
0: um as sad as it is to say it's sad, like whenever you see an actor in something and you don't really see him much it seem they seem to go into voice work quite a bit mm-hmm. from what i've caught on
1: yeah and and it's a shame because i thought he was a pretty likable guy in this movie I thought he his character of Ben Mannybag, like the way he played him, um, you you feel kind of sympathy for him. Oh, you feel
0: you feel a lot of sympathy for yeah. him for
1: sure. You're rooting for him to like get success, right? Like academically with the girl, whatever, right? Like you want him to do well. Exactly. And so
0: yeah, I was. I'm cur- That's why I was, and I'm curious why like Justin Lin hasn't decided to kind of bring him back in something. Yeah, of, yeah, that's you true. know <laughs> he did bring yeah. him in. Yeah, and I mean he was good enough to essentially be the lead of the movie. So
1: mm-hmm. you're true. All right. Um, anything else about
0: Perry Shen before we move on? Um, well, uh, Perry Shen, I hope uh, you get, you get a good move, a big movie of some kind later on, but no, um, I think we cover that pretty well.
1: Okay. Um, so next uh, on the list is Jason Tobin, who plays Virgil, who um, in the movie, who's Ben's uh, best friend since the fourth grade. So they childhood friends in it. Um, I really like him in this. <laughs> um
0: what I got to say is he's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, he's a lot he, of
0: fun. <laughs> he's a ton of fun yeah. is what I got to say is um just a wild card. I thought he did good He's the wild card. He's the definition of wild yeah. card of a crew, man. Yeah. But he's no like he's no stiffler to those that no, think it's sort no, of No, he's American not. He's, no, it's
1: it's uh you might think on the surface he's like the stiffler of the crew or whatever, but like no, it's um, <laughs> the complete opposite. He there. did it. You you know we'll dive deeper into it later. But like he he plays the best friend. He's he's the other kind of younger kid. Yeah. Um. And he shows up again. Uh. You know he. he Justin Lin did take him with him. Uh. He's in Tokyo Drift um yep. and then back in uh f9 right he f9 brought uh, your favorite movie yeah like right? uh, as another one of han's friends i don't think that they're playing he's not the same character he's not playing virgil who in this but he liked the actor so much right um so yeah i i thought he was really good in this
0: yeah no yeah. i liked him i thought he was fun he was uh one of the more fun parts of the movie i would say
1: yeah yeah he's definitely like the, the energetic part of the yeah.
0: film because without him i don't think uh yeah, you need you him. you lose
1: something without him in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, all right, we'll talk about Roger Fan. He plays Derek Lowe. Um, he's the more self-centered senior class, the valedictorian. He's the the leader of the group, I guess. The you guy that's say.
0: the cool guy.
1: The cool guy. He's the leader. He's doing well in school. He's 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 got the uh the jock kind of high school sweater. Um, the good looking one, whatever you want to yeah, call exactly.
0: it. Yeah, right? exactly. And, uh, we'll dive into what he, how he got that sweater.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Roger Fan, like I thought he did a good job, like nothing amazing. Um, he does have the movie star good looks though, right? Like you look at him as like a lead. For sure. Yeah. And there are
0: a, a few parts later on in the movie where I'm like, Hey, he got, he got, he got better as the movie went on. I, I yeah, to my opinion, like, Because in the beginning, I was kind of like, eh. And then, like, midway through the movie to later on, it's like, okay, he's not bad. He's actually, I would say, yeah, his performance was pretty decent for the most part. I liked it. Yeah. And um, I think that he just got better as the movie went on, you know? Sort of like, I guess, podcasting in a sense, right? You get better (laughs) as the episodes go on. He got better as the movie went on. As the movie went on, I felt.
1: Yeah. Um, I like I like I you know I I can kind of I'm take it or leave it with him I do think he you know he plays a good part in the movie but I'm like you know he just looks like the like it was good casting he looks like the guy he's playing you know what I mean like he's oh like, for
0: sure it was it was uh, like on point man
1: yeah and side note little trivia here but um, uh, Justin Lin has confirmed that he because he took the actor Roger Fan and he took the character of Derek Lowe. Uh, with him to the annapolis movie so he continues on in there if if that means annapolis is now somehow weirdly connected to the fast and furious that's fucking wild (laughs) yeah yeah so i don't know if you got to watch that but the weird thing is is that tyrese is in there too so what so so he's (laughs) multiverse of fucking better luck tomorrows i don't know
0: well it's kind of like the movie i wanted to come up with uh hector the character from the fast yeah well multiverse of pendejadas he's part of that man because
1: he plays uh hector and everything So yeah, he took him in there. He does have a bit small part in Fast Four as well.
0: Yeah, I believe he played uh, the the uh, detective that uh, put in the coke into the.
1: Yeah, so he's with. uh, There's a part in Fast Four where Brian he's trying to he's you know with the FBI he's trying to infiltrate the um, the uh, the cartel that they're trying to get into to to whatever, and he 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 loses the race right, so he can't get into the group anymore. And so the only way he knows how to get in is by framing one of the racers that won the race. So him and uh, Roger Fan's character go in there, they plant some coke, and hey, he's going to go to prison for a little while so that Do- uh, Brian O'Connor can enter the race and, and be part of the crew now.
0: Exactly. So there you go. So in other words, a lot of connections, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you want to pretend, Derek Lowe, after whatever mess happens here, he goes on to become a cop and and, and is friends with Brian O'Connor. So.
0: Yeah, and, and has some weird connection in
1: Annapolis. Annapolis. <laughs> Annapolis. I mean, yeah. like, hey,
0: if it's the multiverse of Pendejas... Anything best, goes. Anything goes, man. Yeah. So
1: that's wild. All right. So the next person that we'll cover um, is uh, probably the the outside of of uh, Sung Kang or, or maybe even more so. John Cho is that's, in this movie. So...
0: That's the one that really surprised me. I yeah. remember when I, right before I was about to break this movie down, is I'm like, what the fuck? John Cho's in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. And he plays the absolute opposite of what you're used to him being, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's typically this guy you like, this guy you cheer for in movies. Absolute opposite in this movie, man.
1: Yeah. We won't dive into the spoilers territory yet, but no. he's he's... He's not a a big part of the movie. Or, sorry, he's not in it much, but he's an important part of the movie.
0: And and every part he was in, he did a great job of you fucking not liking him. Yes. Because I did not like him. No. And that's why it was surprising because, like, whenever I've seen John Cho in anything, Harold and Kumar, um, the Star Trek franchise. American Pie. He's this guy that you like. uh, Yeah. In this movie... (laughs) the furthest Definitely from it man. not
1: so he plays a uh, he's a college student he's not really friends with the, the the prime four here that are all still in high school and he has associations with Ben our, our main character um, by he's the he's the boyfriend of of Ben's you know crush his love interest yeah, yeah his love interest and uh, Ben's just kind of trying to figure out how to navigate having a crush on this girl while at the same time dealing with her um, her boyfriend who not the nicest guy, but also treats Ben with a lot of respect. In a yeah.
0: Sense. He has this weird, like, narcissistic,
1: like. I'm better than you, but I kind of like you.
0: Yeah. I'm better than you, but I want you to do well. And I yeah. want you to, but I also want you to be my best friend. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's
1: weird. It's very weird. But John Cho plays this very well. Um, and then uh, the last, uh, I guess, actor we'll touch on in this movie, I think it's the most other noteworthy is um, Karen Anna Chung. She plays Stephanie Vandergaard. She's the love interest of Ben. Um, she's kind of the reason why he's, you know, kind of goes down the path that he goes down. And yep, fortunately, or I'm going to say unfortunately, I think she just plays the love interest.
0: Yeah, she, it kind of fell to like a lot of the movie. She didn't really have much to do. I'm not saying the actress was bad. She wasn't. She was fine. But it felt very 2002, 2004, right? Because you ever go back and watch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, it's sort of the same thing. Mary Jane is just...
1: Yeah, she's the tool for Ben in this. That's exactly what it is. She's not a character of her own. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, she, she doesn't do anything remotely interesting at all. No. I mean, there's one part in the movie that, you know, when we get into it, that I'll say, oh that could have been cool if that was something that she might have done. Yeah. But no. So then yeah. she just, she was just there, man. She's
1: just there. She does a good job being just there. Um, not to say that she's a bad actress, but like she's just not given much to work with here. At all. Yeah.
0: But it was also back in, what was it, 2000? 2000 and- 2002. Exactly. So we it- it it was it makes sense for that era i guess
1: yeah and i wouldn't i would have to assume that you know justin lynn or or anybody that does a movie like this nowadays you would want to give the female character much more of her own agency um her own character because she definitely lacks there
0: oh there, there was nothing remotely fascinating except the thing that later on like i said we'll mention
1: yeah all right so i let's uh you know, let's dive into the plot. You want to just cover this, uh, the plot of the movie, and we'll stop and comment on on anything that we as we go along. Are you ready for that, uh, extreme? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so essentially, so is there anything you want to say before we dive into the plot here? Well. Because um... in the plot, we're gonna go full spoilers. Okay. Well.
0: Um. Just quickly, yeah. Make sure to watch this movie, and. Make sure to let us know on our Reddit page and our and or DM me on the Instagram nasty things page what you thought about this review, right? But before we get into it, and a possible movie that you want us to review.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And so again, uh spoiler alert to people who are sensitive to spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, stop listening now. We're so gonna get in into it. In other words,
0: an extreme Keen because I fucking hate spoilers. Yeah, there you go.
1: Don't yeah, this is where like if you need to tune out, tune out and come back and join us once you're done. Yep. Okay. So you want to get this started? Let's get started. We'll break down the plot of the movie and uh, just stop me wherever you want, man. Like this is where we will dissect it and talk about the the ins and outs, okay?
0: Absolutely, man.
1: All right. So the movie starts off with Ben and his friend Virgil. Um, They're lying in the sun discussing their college admissions. Um, Then they hear a cell phone ring. They begin digging in the dirt and soon uncover a human hand. That's where the movie begins. Yep,
0: and that's where I was like, "What the fuck?" And yeah, then yeah. says takes place so and so amount of time after.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of where the, the movie starts at the end, and we're gonna go back and see how did we get here? Exactly. Right. And uh, what did you think of that moment where you're like, because if you look at the trailer, it looks like American Pie,
0: and 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 that's exactly what I did right before I saw the movie. And if I'm gonna be completely honest, is uh, earlier we, he, you know, the professor did ask me in regards to like what was my introduction well i had heard about it from word of mouth professor has been talking about it for years but my first official this is what i'm going to watch today was the trailer and right away i was like what the fuck man okay yeah, sure yeah. whatever right so then when the movie opens that way i'm like wait what the fuck so and then it just kind of a human kinda, dead hand yeah and then it you you kind of get yeah like you get yeah it just surprises you for sure
1: all right Okay, so Ben and Virgil, they're, like, stereotypically highly intelligent, overachieving Asian Americans. Um, Their only goal is to gain acceptance into the highly prestigious Ivy League universities. Um, And so the movie starts to dive into Ben, his, like, day-to-day life. So he learns a new SAT vocabulary word every night through a memorization and recitation.
0: Which, uh, funny enough, is all throughout the movie, you get sort of little, like like little adjectives and stuff all throughout the movie that shows the description and stuff. So I thought that part was a little cool specifically because of the way the movie opens, right? So... Hi, clearly very intelligent human beings mm-hmm. and yeah they're just trying to make it out in college yeah it, right?
1: so ben's trying like they you kind of got dive into his life a little bit of like he's he's trying to use a new word in his two vocabulary every day he goes and shoots basketball you know has to make a certain amount of two pointers a day Yep, like he's so regimented right
0: exactly and uh there's some pretty funny stuff that happens throughout the basketball thing that uh that i liked quite a bit T- tell me about it so, one thing that I found a little bit funny, this is a little bit later on in the movie, is they they sort of had a woke moment in the movie, if you can believe it, back in 2004, right? Is that moment where he's a third-string basketball player,
1: right? Yeah, he's well, not great, but he's trying to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, what I thought was cool was uh, that moment where his friend, right? So... um oh god I, I forgot his uh derek his friend writes a piece on him so all of a sudden you know there's there's like like sheets people are raising up things we want ben we yes, want ben He starts creating a
1: movement so for ben
0: they to they make play in the game. for him to play in the game and they make it about him being this this uh, token asian guy in the movie so that's why he's not playing so it was just it was just i thought it was a little funny
1: yeah that's a good moment i had i had a lot of fun with that moment there um, all right. So Ben, um, as we're because he narrates the movie. Right. Um, so he does reveal to the to the um, viewer that um, he, he uses his perfectionism in order to act out and search in other ways. Right. Because he can't just be full time, you know, perfect student. Um, so he like toilet papers, houses with Virgil and other little uh, petty crimes. Um, part of these activities include the purchase of uh, the return of a computer equipment with Virgil and, and hold on. This is where we meet. Yep. Yeah. The man.
0: Yeah, the man of the hour. So
1: Han. Exactly. Le. And,
0: you know, th- this is the part that I thought was really cool is that he pops up on screen and I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is Han. Vir-
1: Vir- he plays Virgil's cousin.
0: Yeah, Han, his cousin. But, like, just if you thought he was, he was just as cool in this movie yes. as he is in the Fast movies. Man. There's
1: no denying that he plays the same guy. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a little more short-tempered but yes. the same guy. Yeah. Um, so he's introduced. He's in front of a cool-ass car. Fuck yeah, he was. Yeah. Which right there, you're like, that's fucking Han, man. I know, right? Right? Okay, so he's in front of a cool car. He's yeah. smoking. And he's like Virgil's kind of older cousin. Um, and he, he he's their kind of their little bit of their way into petty crime, right?
0: Um, I, Wasn't it uh, Ben's cousin? Sorry, if, if we're correct, because I believe you just said Virgil's cousin. It is Virgil's cousin. Was it Virgil's cousin? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's why he... he We'll get ahead of ourselves but that's why he treats Virgil so rough okay
0: okay yeah that makes sense That makes yeah. sense but he's yeah. he's like best friends with Ben
1: yeah yeah okay. yeah so he knows him through Virgil and we meet Han and as soon as he pops up on the screen you know that this guy's like he's the coolest guy in the room
0: and he is all throughout the movie
1: yeah yeah he is he's awesome to watch doesn't play the most biggest part but whenever you pop him in, you're just like, man, you can't stop watching. Yeah, and, and, and,
0: and I kept wondering throughout the movie. I'm like, fuck, can we get more, more Han? More Han, right? And yeah. I think
1: that's what Justin Lin might have felt like. I want to use that character more. Right? Yeah. Because, like, man, he's, he's so cool. He is. All right. So Ben is involved in many of the school clubs, um, all of which are used to pad out his college application. So he does all these extracurriculars just so his application could look better. Um, he makes the basketball team, though he discovers, like uh, Extreme Looking just said, that he's merely a token player who never gets to get to actually play. <laughs>
0: Which I thought again, I thought that part was really funny because, um, you know, his friend that again, he's a guy that all throughout the movie, you know, he he's he thinks he's he's like this cool the guy that thinks is the coolest out of his friends, and he does it I guess to spark him up in some sort of way, but it, it still ended up being. Like a dickhead move. My, yeah, yes. The, the, like later on. Yeah. And even he after said, to so you just made me realize that I was the token. That's essentially what he what he said after. And it's like, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it, eventually we see Ben develop a crush on his new lab partner, played uh, Stephanie Vandergosh. Um, she is an Asian girl who was adopted by a white family who they briefly touch in the movie, but nothing. Yeah, which again, see,
0: I got to stop you here. Okay, yeah. Another thing... That another ca- been big i, I don't know another character th- arc that they kind of added to make it more interesting make her sort of the outsider but no they just yeah we, we she was adopted by a white family you see her brother i think
1: once and that's it and that's it we don't yeah we don't spend much time with her like her life is whatever has to do with ben and... so
0: like that part to me was, was sort of the more annoying parts of uh, of her character is that they had all these things for her but they did nothing with it Yeah, it it was just throwaway. Yeah, it was like, yeah, white family moving on. Yeah. Let's get back to Ben. Pretty much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so after we meet Derek Lowe, who is the uh, senior valedictorian, he's the president of nearly every student club, um, him, Derek and Virgil become part of a school wide cheat sheet operation. This is kind of their beginnings of their crime life.
0: And that's what I was going to say. This is where it gets semi fastish if you think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. We start to get into the life of crime a little bit. So Uh these guys, they get into this uh, cheat sheet operation to help other students out. They're making money. Um, Ben pays uh, uh, Jesus, another student, to break into the facility office to steal the tests and then proceeds to sell off the cheat sheets to students. That's their business that they're starting to do. Yeah. Um, ben also brings Virgil and Han into the operation because it started with him and Derek, and the four of them start to make a small fortune. Like they start to actually make some money.
0: Yeah, and and, and this is the part where it get it, it got. It, this is where it changed a little bit, right? Because in the beginning, it was still sort of this high school, happy least, go lucky, happy go lucky. Then it just sort of gets into the more crime side of things. So yeah. I thought that was a little cool, and
1: and the tone of the movie changes. That's exactly it. Does what start it off kind of fun,
0: exactly, and, and then it
1: goes like dark, darkish. Yeah, yeah, and you are kind of like, okay. These kids aren't what they're not just nice ki- like.
0: Yeah, they're 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 characters that are layered.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, all right. So Ben also brings Virgil and Han to the operation. Meanwhile during this time Ben has fallen in love with Stephanie. This is his crush. Uh, He discovers that her boyfriend Steve Choi who's playing by none other than John Cho then by John Cho. He is he's a college student. He's rich. He's arrogant and clearly does not seem to appreciate Stephanie at all yeah
0: any sort of like big arms him all the time too yeah like belittles him all the time belittles
1: him makes him feel like he's less than um so steve soon discovers ben's crush he knows that he has a crush on his girl uh so he offers to let him take her to the winter formal
0: but the way the way he goes about it is not like hey he's an an asshole he's he's a total dick
1: yeah what does he offer him as like uh you know you take her to the winter it's almost like scraps though
0: exactly and then i'll finish her off is yeah sort of <laughs> sort of like this
1: yeah it's a, it's a very douchebag move uh so ben soon discovers that his life is becoming uh, during this is more and more out of control they're making more money things are getting a little bit more dangerous high they, stakes
0: they're also taking a lot of substances just to be able to keep their studies up because remember, that's right. right
1: they want to get into um
0: into the right college mm-hmm. because um one thing that it seemed justin lynn really showed in uh in his in this film is that you know Asian, especially asian americans have a lot of this stress to end up in ivy leagues because if you're not in an ivy league college you're considered a failure mm-hmm. you didn't make words. it you... so on top of doing all these petty crimes is ben 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 specifically was heavy on blow man like the guy was snorting it, it was almost like scarface to yeah you he know, was to just start, trying to stay awake
1: to stay awake to be able to do his he studies got almost the hardest into it hey eh? It well, seems he, like he,
0: he absolutely did. Out of, yeah. of, out of all of them, it felt that way because he was doing heavy amounts, but it was to stay up to finish his homework, finish his studying, and then do the petty stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of the crime and stuff.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, once you, you know, for you viewers who listen and are watching the movie, right now it seems like like it's rushing to get to where they get to right now with the money and the drugs. The movie doesn't feel rushed. Like, it does feel like it makes sense to where they are at.
0: Specifically, like, these characters on their own, right? Yeah. Because each one of these characters don't want to just be the, these Ivy League, future Ivy League stu- uh, students in college. They, yeah, they want, it, they want it to be seen by the high school.
1: Yeah, that's true. They, they're, like, as important as, as Ivy League students are. They also, they don't just want to be seen as, like, the nerdy Asian kids. Exactly. They like, like the rep that they're getting
0: exactly right. like like what were they doing to keep their rep going and they even said i believe they said it at one part of the movie is they go they party they'd have women over they do those tequila things but answer questions so they still sort yeah them.
1: and so that's where i'm going to next in the plot so as a member of the, the the academic decathlon team derek virgil and han uh they practice at derek's house and it it kind of devolves into drinking parties Uh, Later, the group, who are now intoxicated—this is an important scene here—arrive at a party where they are, you know, kind of pushed around and bullied by a football player.
0: Yep. I remember this one very well.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of where the movie really turns. um, Who mocks them for their perfect image, right? A fight results in Derek pulling out a gun out of nowhere. yep, Stopping the fight. At school, the next day, news of the fight spreads around, and these four are now—
0: there is a line that stuck out in this. So, I think I know. So, it. news, so rumors went on about
1: us fast and furious. I know, I know, right? <laughs> I knew that. So, right. It's so funny that he said that in the movie. Right
0: when he said that, I'm like, holy fuck, who would have thought yeah. that this would sort of be the red headed stepchild of the fast franchise? And then here he goes. He, he goes, says
1: the line news spread about us fast and furious
0: and uh, i'm just gonna say that justin lynn that was his intention all along. oh
1: man yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right i knew it when you were watching it, i'm like i can't wait till he gets to the line
0: yeah you know, when he said that i had i had to write it down because yeah. i was like no fucking way he yeah. actually said this so yeah so again ladies and all nasty listeners rumor went on about
1: us fast and furious yeah yeah, it's such a weird line because nobody talks. Who says that's, that? That's exactly why it just felt so on the nose. It was yeah. crazy. You know what I felt like when I saw that? Is you know that meme of of DiCaprio in. Um, in uh yeah, what once upon a time in Hollywood, where he's pointing at the screen. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what yeah, I felt too. I was like, oh, it's the thing he said. Fast and Furious. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly yeah. what
0: I felt like right away when he said that. I was like, shut the fuck. He said up. the like, thing. He said <laughs> Fast and Furious. That's yeah. wild.
1: Yeah, and man, like it's wild because this is way before Lynn was ever attached to any Fast and Furious movie, but. Hey, I digress. A red herring to uh, more to come. Yes. So theories run rampant, including a possible link to the Chinese mafia. Uh, they gradually expand into more and more dangerous scams, such as theft of computer parts from a school and eventually drugs. They become users themselves, as as chu had just covered, and ben, ben begins to develop a heavy cocaine habit. They also throw wild parties at Derek's house, which results in their lives running wildly out of control.
0: Yep. And, and, uh, yeah, the, like, like we were talking about with Ben, there was a moment in the movie where he was just passed out. He didn't remember how, and he was just covered with blood, man. So it was just, uh, just a pretty wild, um, just Ben on, <laughs> Ben on Coke and just all these guys, um, just on this portion of the movie where, uh, where it gets really heavily into the, the crime side of things. It just gets, it gets fascinating, man. And, and like I said, man, is, um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, the drug using and then just the tone of the movie at this point in time is you're really seeing the change, right? Because like I mentioned to the professor early on, is it's a very happy-go-lucky movie. But at this portion of the movie is yeah, it just it starts getting darker. You start seeing the effects of it too. Specifically with Ben and his coke, man, like like I was mentioning earlier. At this at, at this part in the movie, like he just automatically just completely um like there's a moment where he passes out has no memory of um any of the uh, of how he passed out and when he passed out so just just wild man absolutely and uh just crazy on my part when it gets to all this
1: yeah and one thing i wanted to kind of like circle back to was that scene where they come to the party and there's the like football team there Uh yeah yeah that that's kinda like a turning point, eh? Like in that scene where like it's where they kinda step out as like the bad kids.
0: And it's something that
1: something It's a that, bit of a startling scene, I think.
0: Yeah, I I think it is. And and you know it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that is I think that in that scene it kinda showed everyone's real everyone's real colors. And mm. oddly enough, it's out of all of them, the guy that was still the calm and composed one And just looked more like, what the fuck are we doing? Was Han.
1: He was, yeah.
0: He, out of the whole thing. I think he's
1: the most calculated in a way. Yeah,
0: he he is. And also it just kind of looked like a moment for even him where he was like, holy fuck. We're doing this. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Derek almost seemed like excited by it. Yeah, he did. Like, oh fuck, I'm going to show people I'm tough, right? Like, I'm pulling out this fucking gun. Um, because, sorry, and I, I didn't write it down, but what, what is he actually, he wears a, a Letterman jacket, but what is he actually part of? I
0: believe it was part of badminton.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. badminton, yes. So, um, so he's obviously not seen as the same level of athlete as the football guys and whatever.
0: And that's where the whole, like, sort of scruffle began, right? Yeah. And then, of course, Virgil loved all this. Yeah,
1: he was like for the first time in Virgil's life. I think he was seen as like a tough kid. You know, he's a skinny little Asian kid, right?
0: And on, and on top of that, he, he just he even said it like he got turned on.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> which is what makes which which is what makes this
0: character so interesting. Right? Yeah. He's just
1: so every, he's just everywhere, man. He's the wild card, like you said. Yeah. And uh, no, is but- is this the scene where right after they leave that party, they're driving in a car after and Virgil? is like teary-eyed um or is this later i think i really want to talk about that scene when we get there eventually i think that's later on so that's later all right so we'll we'll move on uh virgil continues the opera so derek presents a gun in front of them and uh uh in front of the three oh sorry yep yes sir ben accompanies okay ben accompanies steve to a batting cage after selling him drugs Steve expresses to Ben that he knows he should be happy with what he has.
0: Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, it might have been right after the car, the car scene.
1: With Virgil? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And I want to talk about this scene. Like, so I I do believe that it's right after they leave this party. Um, you know, Derek just pulled out a gun, the fight ensued. I think Virgil threw in a few punches or whatever. Yep. And then they're driving back home and they pull over next to these other like clearly like a group of gangsters right and they're a little bit intimidated but then they just drive off and Virgil starts to get emotional in the backseat of the car but like excited about what they did but emotional and that to me almost looked like one of the most honest portrayals of a character where he's like he's nervous as heck about what just happened but like excited by it yeah but, he, like, he looked like a kid that just experienced something that he's like, shit, I don't, what am I feeling? Like But it,
0: it's, he enjoy, it it's, it's one, and it's specifically because it's around the, um, it's around the high school time where you're still figuring yourself out. Yeah, it's, yeah. It made the most sense. But, yeah, you can see that
1: it's, it's good. There's a lot going on in Virgil's head at that moment.
0: And I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, Justin Lin brought him back.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh. That was one of my, like, a favorite scene of mine. Uh, let's just put it that way. Like, I love I loved seeing that moment of Virgil. Like, there's this uh, vulnerability to him. Yeah, not just the crazy man. Yeah, he's not just the one-layered crazy man. You're right. So, Ben accompanies Steve to a batting cage after selling him drugs. Steve expresses to Ben that he knows he should be happy with what he has, but he has not since he feels stifled by the expectations that others have of him. So, Steve starts to open up with Ben. Um, on his yeah. birthday, Ben wakes up with a nosebleed as a result of all the cocaine use.
0: Which, which I kind of went on, which I kind of mentioned early on yeah. regarding the, yeah, I, I, which this is around the time he's getting lost.
1: Yes, everything's getting a little bit too crazy now. Um, this is enough to scare him into changing his life. He meets with the remainder of the group and tells him that he wants to quit. Derek agrees with him, expressing that their operation has become more of a full-time job. Yep. Um, Derek presents the gun from the three of them. To Ben wishing him a happy birthday, which is a little bit bizarre. But
0: Yeah, that's but again, it's it's like from this moment on, a lot of these characters and their changes, but like it makes sense for something that Derek would do based on what we've seen and already the change of him pointing the gun and like everything else, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It like it seems at the same time that it seems out of nowhere, it's almost like yeah, it's in character for for Derek's Exactly. Yeah. So Virgil continues the operation on his own, but without the influence of Derek or Ben, um, is soon discovered thanks to his own carelessness and bragging. So Virgil's starting to get in trouble. Ahan is forced to take the blame for the cheat sheet operation and then gets suspended. Oh, and what does he do? He beats the shit out of Virgil. Yeah. Bad. And. Uh, With a belt.
0: <laughs> and if it, and it's sort of a trend all throughout the movie too. Yeah. Like he. He loves beating the shit out of Virgil. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and
1: Han is, you know, he's still the good cousin though because he takes the blame for it, but man, he's going to take it out on Ben He's or Virgil, He's he, Virgil paid for it. Uh, so during this time, Ben begins to re- rebuild his life, um, yep. studying hard again, engaging in volunteer activities once more. Um, he also begins to spend more time with Stephanie, who reveals a wild side of her own when she gives him a CD that she shoplifted, which is yep. a little small moment
0: and um, one one thing sorry I'm going to go back to yeah. something we didn't mention because again I remembered her character the weird Stephanie. subplot <laughs> so the subplot of her being in a porno you see the porno it kind of looks like her it actually looks like her is they didn't dive deep into that at all then like Ben tells her about it oh no yeah I heard about it I'm not in it that's not me okay and then never again yeah
1: Like, it's a weird little thing that's thrown out where people, there's a rumor that she's been in a porno. She's a high school girl. And uh, Ben's like, no, it can't be her. It can't be her. He finally watches the porn.
0: And it's because of none other than... Virgil,
1: of course. Exactly. Uh, So they watch the porn. looks strikingly similar to her. And he he, he asks her, right? He goes up to her and asks her, hey, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I've heard about this, but not me. And I think that's the end. That's it. Like,
0: another moment where, I mean, I hate shitting on like what Justin Lind did with
1: this character but like fuck this is another moment that you could kind have of like how does a girl deal with that being her rumor like that could have been a whole thing of the, like it, I don't think I'd be happy that I'm rumored to be in a porno at ex- that age
0: that's exactly what I mean right and or like if you don't make it that she was actually in it at least make it that make it so that okay, like, I hate the fact that people think this about me. No, she just laughed it off. Oh,
1: whatever. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a bigger thing. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, All right, moving on. So Ben gathers up the courage to ask Stephanie to the formal, to which she agrees. The four leave to Las Vegas for the academic decathlon championship, where that's where Derek hires a prostitute, and the group proceeds to have sex with her, with Ben being the first during his turn, Virgil pulls a gun on the prostitute and she storms off. Han gets pissed off at, at Virgil and Virgil points the gun at Han, resulting in Han angrily storming off. Uh, despite the turmoil, the team wins the competition. This is another standout scene.
0: Yeah, it was. And again, another example of where, I mean, Ben already had the scene where he was passed out of off doing mounts. Fuck, he was basically living the Scarface life as far as cocaine. Um, Virgil was already, I mean, just that transition pe- period with the car and then it leading all the way to here is. It's a moment that you eventually saw something sort of like this happening, but you're starting to see the colors, like the true colors of all the characters here. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And it's such a weird, like, it's a little, it's a bizarre scene. Like, they're all kind of passing around this prostitute, and and Virgil... I guess pulled out a gun on her in the middle of sex, right? And, and she's like, what the hell? And so she got herself out of there real quick.
0: And, it, and again, it was because of he like feeling the power. Yeah. And that was, that was his flaw.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it goes along with like the fact that he's like the smallest of them. He's like this skinny little kid. And having this gun, having this reputation finally gives him power right even even power to to put up pull a gun on on han who's his like kind of you know big step brother type you know
0: yeah and the tat is back all throughout the movie even though he beats the shit out of him a lot of the movies yeah
1: all right so ben and stephanie they attend the winter formal together and continue to get to know each other during the formal the two share a dance the situation is made clear to ben when steve is seen outside of the formal waiting to take stephanie home Steve meets Ben at the basketball court and tells him that he has information on a possible score. Though Ben is reluctant to re-enter his previous activities, he gathers up the group once more, and they meet at Steve's beautiful home.
0: Yeah, fucking... Rich kid. (laughs) Rich kid house, man. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The group is stunned when they are informed that Steve wants them to rob his own parents' house. He refers to it as a wake-up call for his parents. Ben and...
0: Ladies and gentlemen, really hear this wake-up call. Comes to
1: significance later on. Yes. Ben and Han, and Han are totally against the plan, but Derek convinces them to participate, saying that it, this would be a perfect opportunity to give Steve a wake-up call. They agree to Steve's plan and practice constantly. They also agreed to purchase a gun for Steve. Yep. So... Do we find this is a turning point where they they decide they're going to switch this on Steve? Yep. Yeah, and screw him over.
0: Exactly. And at that point is, again, so that's the one thing about the pacing in this movie is you get these fun, really likable kids. Then it gets a little darker. And then all throughout the movie, if you've noticed, each character up until this point has done something that you've questioned why they did it. Derek had his gun moment. Virgil had many moments. Sort of each individual, in a sense, has had something.
1: Yeah, Ben with his drug problem. That questions
0: your morality. Their morality, sorry.
1: Yeah. Then on New Year's Eve, the four meet Steve at Jesus' house. With Ben acting as a lookout, Han, Derek, and Virgil begin attacking Steve. The lights go out as Virgil's gun slips away from him. So they're in the middle of a fight. The the gun that Virgil had slips away. Steve lunges for the weapon, and the struggle for the automatic results in it going off. Ben hears the shot. And, and
0: everything it, just goes black. It just
1: second. goes black. You don't really know what's going on. Ben hears the shot and rushes into the garage. Ben beats Steve nearly to death.
0: And that's this is the part that I wanted to get at. Okay. So. In this moment, you sort of see he Ben grabs the bat, and then he just gives him the stare. But at that moment, we've seen Ben all throughout the movie. He's been for the most part outside of his drug relapses and stuff. He's, he's been a
1: hero in a sense, like he's the good kid. Then that you wouldn't see go this far.
0: Then all of a sudden, he, like I was mentioning before, each character has had a moment that you question, right? This was the moment where I went, holy shit! Like he, he beat the sh- he beat him Steve. nearly to death.
1: He beat Steve nearly to death. Yeah, and the only reason he stops is because Han yells at him.
0: Which, again, all throughout the movie, if you've noticed, Han has really been the only morally stable compared stable. to those.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's because Han has always kind of done not great shit. So, but he has his like code. And that's that's
0: what I got right away.
1: Yeah. Um, the four are stunned at what they just did and get Jesus to agree to allow them to bury the body in his backyard for 300 bucks. Steve begins to start twitching. Derek soaks a rag in gasoline and with the tearful Virgil holding him, suffocates Steve with it. What a scene. Yeah. Hard to watch.
0: And this is this is the scene that really... You know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to the professor last night, like a few few nights ago, because I saw it about a few nights ago. And this is the scene where like, I was like, what the fuck, man? And it just changes the whole movie, yeah. in my opinion, from there on. Because throughout the movie, yeah, they had moral lapses all throughout it. This was the
1: biggest moral lapse. No com- in- There's no coming back from this.
0: And the way and the way it's handled too is like, I think Lin did such a good job of making you feel the, like, like these like,
1: holy are holy shit. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Exactly, like,
0: and in the way they all kind of played it off too, like, let's just bury his body, and they're willing to pay somebody off like that. Yeah. like they're m- not morally good people for the most
1: part. I mean, outside of you can see the struggle that Virgil yeah. goes through. Man, like when he's having to hold that guy as he's dying. Oh yeah.
0: Virgil struggle, and then Hans just got more of a face of like, what have we done?
1: Like th- this, we're not coming back from this.
0: The one that surprised me in this scene was Ben. Man, and it seemed it didn't phase him at
1: all. I think Ben at that moment decided, I've done this. Let's let's yeah. so
0: so that's one that's this this is actually um so, so you talked about your favorite scene being in the car.
1: One of my favorites.
0: Okay, so this is probably my. Okay, scene.
1: yeah, we'll, we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, it's uh that's the turning point in the movie. So afterwards, the four go to a New Year's party where they each split up. Ben and Stephanie kiss at midnight, to which Stephanie tells an apologetic Ben that it is okay.
0: And this is, again, another sign of like, what sort of morality does does Ben have, man? He just, because... Murdered someone. He just murdered her boyfriend. Forget about someone. Oh, yeah. He just murdered yeah. her, her boyfriend. Yeah. And on top of that, she thinks that he abandoned her. And something we didn't really touch on is the drunken night before they did all this where Steve was sort of shit-talking all of them but telling them, oh, you know what? You were right, Ben. I'm going to treat her better. So he had this whole speech previously Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. regarding that. And I
1: think that was kind of... Could have been a turning point for Steve.
0: Yeah, I think it was sort of... He was looking to go another like looking to change. Yeah. And on top of that, also shot himself in the foot because he he made himself he big timed himself around all them, which yeah. then led to his downfall.
1: And it almost feels like the big timing bothered Derek the most cuz Derek's the cool one that he's like he couldn't stand being with Steve.
0: Exactly. And that's why like in that scene with the Batman, like I thought it would be Derek. They would do something along those lines, but then yeah. it turns out to be Ben. Yeah. And then now he's making out or sorry, kissing
1: with the girl, Steve's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that he,
0: it, the uh, which he essentially killed them. Man, I mean, yeah. outside of the, the gas at the end that like finished them off. He,
1: he was he started. He he did the main thing. All right. So then from there, uh, after the uh, the kiss with Stephanie, we uh, go back to the very beginning of the movie. Uh, ben and Virgil, they hear the cell phone and digging in the dirt. Uh, this is Steve's body. Steve's cell phone that's going Decomposed. off. Decomposed. Decomposed. Finding a human hand as well as a ringing cell phone. The ringtone came from Steve's phone, which shows that it was a missed call from Stephanie. Ben debates whether or not to report Steve's murder to the police. The knowledge of his role in the murder is too much for Virtual, who attempts to commit suicide after calling over Han under the premise of watching some porn. So he ends up shooting himself in the room hey. as Han is approaching.
0: And uh, Ben had an interesting line, because again, he's narrating everything, where he essentially said he was probably too
1: scared to be alone when he did it, so that's why he called He wanted Han there. He wanted Han to be there. Yeah. He survives the gunshot wound, but will most likely suffer brain damage. Derek arrives shortly after Ben, making a flippant remark that angers Han, and Ben escorts him out of the room. Derek expresses concern about the possibility of Han or Virgil revealing their secret. Ben...
0: and that's exactly what I mean about their morals right
1: there. Yeah. Ben's like stone cold, like in a sense. Like
0: Ben is stone cold. Derek is concerned or he,
1: sorry, Derek is the one I was meant to say. He's so stone cold, like he's like, We did this, now let's move on.
0: Yeah. And in the way he went about it, which if, if all throughout the movie, Han, and this isn't including the Fra- Fast franchise later on, he doesn't seem to me as somebody that would, you know, bring himself in. It was Ben
1: actually. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah,
0: very another more again
1: this group will never be the same this is the scene this Uh is where like we're not going to be friends anymore like this is it we are going our separate ways uh ben simply resolves to do nothing and leaves Derek alone with the group now permanently separated ben is alone at school he goes to the basketball court but is unable to attempt a shot on his way home stephanie pulls over in her new car and picks him up she asks him whether he has seen steve lately and expresses some concern that he has not called they kiss, they kiss, implying that she and Ben will continue their relationship. As they drive drive off, Ben's voiceover tells the audience that he has no idea what is going to happen or what the other guys will do. But all he knows is that there is no turning back. And that is the end of our film.
0: Yeah. And, such a, and one thing that I got to say that Lynn nailed here is leaving the unknown and leaving us sort of wondering...
1: What happened to these guys.
0: Exactly, right? Because at least we, we go to find out what happened to Han. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, um, also Derek, but like Ben,
1: you know, like, and Virgil. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to talk about, I wanted to ask you now, now that we finished wrapping up the story, um, what was your favorite performance? The one performance to you that we talked about every actor. We've talked about the whole plot. What was the, your favorite performance of the entire film?
0: Um, I'm probably going to go back to the, to the scene with Virgil. No, I'm
1: not saying scene. Who oh. gave the best performance? Who was the, the, your, your favorite actor of this piece?
0: Oh, I mean, come on, Han, man. Han? Super easy, Han. He took, oh, he took it all. Oh, no. No, not no, really, I mean, actually. Close. No, I thought, um, y- you know what? Jason Tobin as, as Virgil really stuck out as far as, is as, as the, as the group guy. He, he had some of the best scenes all throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. He had some of the most emotional scenes, so I, I would say that as far as performances go, he probably had the best performance in the movie.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I went to. To me, every this ever since the first time I watched this movie, uh, Virgil's character played by by uh, what's his name? Is it Ben? Uh, Jason Tobin. Jason Tobin. Um, he knocks it out of the park, man. He's the most layered. He goes through the biggest journey. He also has. He's the most. I mean, his. Role might be the easiest one to pick in the sense that he has a lot to play with and he has the most out there performance, right? Oh, for sure. His, his performance is loud, um, but like, man, he, he also shows like an emotional side to him, um, an unpredictable side. Uh, you know, he ends up shooting himself, but the way that Jason Tobin handled the role, he was very good in this. Um, no, he was. I, I think he should have gone on to some more success here. Like, he was he was excellent. I, I, I'm a big fan of him in this film um it's a shame that he hasn't done much more uh he was uh, i'm looking at his imdb here and tokyo drift f9 and, yeah and then a bunch of not much you know so. which
0: which is wild because uh the performance itself red red as someone that you'd want more of right yeah. yeah like don't get me wrong like another guy that i really liked
1: obviously was sung kang is han
0: yeah he's because-
1: cool he's the coolest guy in the room right
0: yeah, you you yeah. can feel the energy. But if we're talking just purely performance, of course, Jason Tobin like, nailed it, and he he did great in the movie.
1: Yeah, so I think both of our favorite performances of this film was uh, Jason Tobin uh, playing Virgil. Who? Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you the next question here: Is what's your favorite scene of the movie? Where did you feel like Better Luck Tomorrow was rocking on all cylinders? And this is the part where like, if you don't watch anything else, watch this scene.
0: Um, you know what I I, got, um. You know, probably one of them has to be the car for sure—the one that you kind of discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, the one that really stuck out to me again was was that scene, and I think it was in the garage, man, where they they, they killed Steve. they killed Steve because in that moment is it sort of brought because it's funny I watched the movie, but in that movie it brought I started thinking about every single character and their moralities all throughout after that scene because I'm like wait. Because at the moment, it felt unexpected. But then, I go back and I think of everything that happened throughout the movie. So, the, the high school party, them doing all these petty crimes. I'm like, no, this is absolutely...
1: This is not where it should have gone.
0: This is, no, but I'm saying, this is absolutely something they would do. Okay, okay. Because all throughout the movie, they all showed lack of morality. Every single one of them, outside of Han. Which mm-hmm. which was the only funny one was, enough,
1: because he starts as the most like when we first introduced to him, he's already involved in a little petty crime.
0: Exactly. But the rest of them yeah. all throughout, man, like I thought that it was really going to be Derek that did something really bad at the me end. Too. But it was Ben. Mm-hmm. And then Virgil, it was always to me like he, could he wanted either way. He wanted to do bad things, but he didn't have the balls to do it. Yes. So exactly. that's what made his character interesting. Right. Yeah. So I think that scene was so critical to the whole movie, actually, because then it really makes you think about all their moral choices all throughout. Like they really didn't have to party every day. They really didn't have to do cocaine. They really didn't have to do all this crime, but they liked it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Clearly, there was they loved it. it.
1: And in the end, I think Ben does at one point reveal to the audience that like that stuff that they were doing, it was a release for them. I think Ben, especially, had a lot of pressure to be this perfect student to make sure his grades were up to do this and this was unfortunately them doing what they were doing good bad whatever you want to call it was a release it was like let me just unwind exactly too much
0: so that's why that scene sticks out because it brings everything together and then when you really think about it it makes sense that they did this because look at the end of the day they also wanted to be the guy steve in a sense was sort of he he was the guy. He compared was the to guy that they
1: wanted to be, in a sense. Uh huh. Yeah, like that's who they all look to be. They want to be the star college, you know, student and university student.
0: No, um, but yeah, that's that's my pick for the uh, as far as scenes. Yeah. Um, how about you, Professor?
1: I will I, I think I you know what I, when I came into the spot the pod to record this I was initially thinking about the end scene where they kill steve but as i've gone over it again i think it is that car scene i know it's a little more more quiet but it's like it that to me was more of the turning point where we get to see okay these are are what these kids are capable of of derek pulling out a gun um Uh virgil kind of joining in but then also virgil like fuck what did i do right and he's emotional in the car them killing steve great scene too but it was more of like all right let's they've already kind of gone to the point of no return at that point so like now they're doing this and it's like it's like damn it's still surprising but but you could see how it got them there but that moment in that party was like the like holy kid these kids are kind of serious about this stuff um yeah and seeing you know because my favorite um performance was virgil seeing him in the vehicle kind of break down a little bit but secretly he didn't want his friends to know yeah right i I think it's a beautiful scene i love that no no that's better luck tomorrow to me at its best
0: no no for sure and that is a beautiful scene but it's just uh, it's just that like how cold and dark yeah that whole part yeah it is it's
1: uncomfortable you don't feel comfortable when they kill
0: like he nails it and like all throughout i'm like like I don't like Steve, but fuck
1: I mean, He didn't deserve this. He
0: didn't deserve to be killed. And he was also on his way to changing. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that's why that scene it still sticks to me. I still like it's it's been two days and I've been thinking about that specific scene. So that's why I had to I had to mention it's my favorite scene.
1: All right. All right. So now let's get to our final portion here where we just we're gonna rate it out of what are we calling it out of ten.
0: So we'll call it by extremes.
1: 10, 10 out of ten. How how many extremes out of ten?
0: Yeah, yeah. So so, yeah. Let's yeah. We'll, All right. we'll we'll go like we'll go we'll go this direction.
1: Okay. So I'm gonna give this movie a solid um, seven point five out of ten. Yeah. Um, you know I think that the movie you know as a fan of Fast and Furious it's fun to go back and watch kind of Han's origin story if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, it's it is a totally not. A Fast and Furious movie and what you think a Fast and Furious movie should be. It is an honest tale about like the, you know, the pressures and life of high school life for Asian Americans. Um, You know, maybe some of the criticisms I'll give it is that it is a little dated, like the editing style. Oh, for sure, it's very MTV. That's
0: that's what I felt. It that's why. Um, but uh, on that end is that's why I think Justin Lin did such a such a good job with the movie because even with all those flaws, like there was so much
1: oh yeah the performances hold up exactly right the story holds up you, you you're you're into it like the act everything is very good it's just more of the technical stuff that i think yeah. don't age well like the editing hasn't aged well i think uh-huh. um you know you could tell it's shot with like some cheaper cameras that kind of thing but um for a guy that m- this movie for a film that's two hundred fifty thousand dollars is like that's impressive Oh, that he was uh, able to, astonishing! That, that he was able to get those performances. That he was able to tell such a personal story. Um, it's a re- movie I recommend to anybody who has, even even if you have no interest in Han or Fast and Furious, whatever. But like, just a movie about what that story is trying to tell.
0: Yeah, and realistically, you could watch this movie without ever watching the Fast. You don't movies.
1: have to. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was never meant to be a prequel, right? So I think it's a solid seven point five for me.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's roughly around the same that I had. it. I give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you mentioned earlier, I think there's a lot of uh, like uh, the cameras outdated,
1: some editing choices,
0: and uh, and again, I think um, the lack of Kara and Chang, uh, Stephanie, like that. Oh,
1: Stephanie, yeah, yeah. yeah. You that's, know, a, that's a yeah, that's a good point too.
0: And and just uh, like just little things that all throughout that they sprinkled in that just didn't have anything, that didn't really affect the story or come back in any way um and it's mostly with that character right because i really didn't like what they did with stephanie she was just there and and yet they had all these elements that they kind of added to make her more interesting and have you care mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you didn't really care about the character outside of maybe when steve you was... only
1: cared about her because ben did exactly
0: That's exactly what it is, right? Because they're just, uh, I think those choices are the reason why I give it a seven. Yeah. They dropped dropped the
1: ball on her character. Yeah.
0: They dropped the ball on her character massively. And yeah, it just, it looks outdated for sure. And specifically because it came out back in 2002. 2002 is, you would think it would be a little more.
1: It's also low budget though, but yes. No, but that's
0: what I mean. That's, but uh, again, I don't blame Justin Lin for that. Mm -hmm. That's a budgeting issue. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I give it a seven.
1: Okay. Alright, um, I guess we are, any last words before we never talk about Better Luck Tomorrow ever again?
0: Um, yeah, so just quickly is, um, as I mentioned earlier, we do have a Reddit page, uh, The Nasty Things. It's mostly run by the professor, actually. He's, he's probably on there the most. Is uh, Make sure to, make sure to get, uh, send us some questions. And of course, let us know what you think about our Better Luck Tomorrow review.
1: Yeah, and if you've seen it. And uh, if you've and seen we can it, talk about it there.
0: Yeah, we can gladly talk about it there. Mm-hmm. We also do have our Instagram page that's run by Mystic Scar. And that's the Nasty Things Podcast. Sorry, Nasty Things Podcast is you could DM me there and just, uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated about the next upcoming episodes or really anything that comes to mind.
1: Anything else you want to say about the movie, though?
0: Cool. Oh, and, and the movie is, yeah. Like, like I said, we gave it a seven. I thought the movie was great for for what it was and again what I liked about it is you come in thinking one thing and then you leave thinking the complete yeah, that, that's what I'm it. curious
1: about because before we wrap up you, this is the first time you've seen it what was your expectation you know all you knew is that oh it's a movie about Han before we ever meet him in the movies what, what did you think it was going to be or what was your expectation and then what you know what it turned out to be
0: oh uh, my expectation was a B movie okay thought it was going to be gonna suck? um yeah
1: actually oh okay
0: well not suck sorry but i thought it was just going to be one of those like like you know like i, I love uh bruce Campbell, Mm-hmm. but one of those like b movies where i'm like oh you know that was fun but that but that's it yeah right and then i'll probably never see it again but i left the opposite is specifically now that we broke it down i want to see it again
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i i do too and like did it ever, so now, you know, we're Fast fans, so now that you finished it, it's like, did it make you want to start watching Han's journey now? Like, I know when I've watched the first time, I, I put in Los Bandoleros and Fast and Furious Part 4, because that's yeah. where you see him next. And I was like, I got to watch this now.
0: Yeah, I kind of I want to do that, yeah. because, uh, you know, and, and it's funny, because uh, like, like we mentioned earlier, he does play Han from Fast and the Furious. Yeah. He's the exact same character, I mean except now he's even more composed than what he was back then but i mean that makes sense right mm-hmm. it's with age right
1: mm-hmm. yeah he's a teen and you can kind of see that okay shit went down in california here and now he's on the run right like yeah so because when we meet him again uh we meet him for the first time in fast and furious it's in the short film los bandoleros and he's uh pulling off a job with uh, dom in the dominican republic yep. stealing uh gas right And so you know that they've had some history there. And what's funny is that there's a moment, and I think it's Fast Five, where um, he's talking to uh, Gal Gadot's character, Giselle. Yep. And she asks him, like, "Oh, you know, when did you start running with Han and whatever, right?" And he says to him, he's like, "Well, I used to I grew up in California, and I used to hear about about Dom as a street racer, but I never rolled with him then because he lived in California. Better luck tomorrow." He's like, "I didn't start rolling with him until I I was down in Mexico." And so, like, we can assume that better luck tomorrow. He took off, he left the country, and ran into Dom and started pulling off jobs with him there.
0: Yeah, and uh, and and funny enough is like the way better luck tomorrow ended was none of these guys were gonna ever talk with each other
1: again. No, he's their cut off. That's over. So it makes sense, right? That yeah. They
0: like he went on. He he went his own direction, and that's where he ended up. Right? He ended up with Dominic Toretto.
1: Yeah. Weird.
0: Very, very weird, but in a way, it ma- it, it works. It yeah. really does. It does, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I'm not happy that they brought him back, but,
0: uh, yeah, we don't need to get into that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Oh, and, oh, and on top of that, he's friends with,
1: uh, freaking. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, let's not get into that.
1: Nope.
0: But yeah, that's my honest opinion about it is, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it again for yep. sure. You
1: should watch all the fast movies with Han Hondo.
0: I might actually because um, but again I would have liked to see uh, I'd like to see more Jason Tobin Mm -hmm. and I have a a soft spot for uh, the guy who played Ben I don't know what it is yeah he's a likeable guy yeah Yeah. alright okay so any last things you'd like to say to the audience professor
1: Uh, I was uh, just glad to be back again Um, I hope that there's not too much of a break between the next time I show up Um, you know life gets in the way but uh, I can't wait to be on the pod again. I always have a good time with the extreme. Um, I know that we've been talking about getting a whole group uh, pod together, yep. uh, whether it's for wrestling or for for something else, right? Yeah. Uh, but we're that's definitely in the cards, and I think that's going to be a hell of a fun episode that I'd love to be part of.
0: Exactly, and uh, that is something that we are working on. Is like I have mentioned, I mentioned last episode, and now I'm rementioning it again is stay tuned for that because we are going to have the Nasty Crew do an all-out episode. Could be a pro wrestling one or could be another movie review, right? So, yeah, coming soon is the best way to put it. But uh, with all that being said, to all the Nasty listeners, to Hot Takes Alvarez, to Robbie Gents, to Eternal Love, and Han Solo, peace out to Professor Ed, but everyone stay nasty.